You are listening to the Mythical Jesus Podcast, taking the Christ of faith seriously. A podcast that dives into faith development, cognitive development, using Jesus as the framework for that. We dive deep into the Jesus of the New Testament, showing him as the preeminent example of development and what that development looks like. Buckle your seatbelts. Sit back, enjoy the ride. This is going to be a lot of fun because diving into the Jesus narrative has never been done like this before. You can visit our website at christoffaith.org. On the site, you will find tools, resources, documents to help you in your faith development and to better understand Jesus, the teacher, and his role in that. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing. Welcome to another episode of the Mythical Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real, and I'm grateful for this chance to be with you. We are in Mark chapter 5, verse 21, and we're going to go pretty much to the end of Mark here. And uh, there's this story in the scriptures, and Usually I'll read it because it only takes up a few verses, but this one's long, so I'm going to summarize it. Jesus here, he he gets out of a boat, and there's a leader of a local synagogue. His name is Jairus. He shows up. And when he sees Jesus, he falls down at Jesus' feet, and he tells him, my little daughter is dying. Now, first off, my little daughter is dying. Imagine... If you're a parent, you, have, you don't even have to think about it. You can have empathy inside your core for what that means. My little daughter is dying. He tells Jesus, please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Now, Jesus ends up going with him and the crowd is uh, following him, crowding all around him. And this is also where this other story comes in. And I find it so interesting that this story seems intentional on helping us in some way see a conversation about priorities. And so the little daughter, his little daughter is dying, seems like a priority. And Jesus has not been given enough information to distinguish how serious this is. Does he have three hours to get to her? Does he have 25 minutes? We're we're not told, and the story is told in a way that we are to assume that Jesus himself is not told. And so as Jesus starts to head towards this, this little girl to address this need, there's a woman in the crowd who's been bleeding, menstruating, for 12 years, constantly. Now, I don't know what that is medically, but I know that not only is that going to push this lady to the margins of her society, it's going to, but it's also going to make her feel shame. She's going to feel separateness. She's not going to feel as though she can participate with the rest of humanity in this human experience. This issue, which may seem small for her, is debilitating. And she had suffered a great deal, it says, from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them 
but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. The doctors of her day were unable to treat her issue, and they had caused her to suffer even greater, and she had spent all of her money to pay them, and instead of getting better, had only gotten worse. This woman, in her consciousness, in her human experience, this moment is crucial to her as well. And so I'm having, as I read this story, I'm having to think about how we do priorities, how we do the the rationalization of what is more important. And so Jesus here is faced with having to sort through these two issues because the woman who's been menstruating, we all know the story, she reaches out and she touches his robe and, and she thinks to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately the bleeding stops and she can feel in her body that she has been healed of this terrible condition. And as I'm sitting with this story, and, I'm, and if I'm Jesus, my immediate reaction is, Jesus, the daughter dying is more important. Don't take one second to stop here and to go uh, address this woman when you should be running with all your speed to this little girl who is dying. And yet in some way, if we can sit with both stories on the table, if we can set this Jairus and his daughter on the table on a plate right next to this woman who's had a lifetime of anguish dealing with this this bleeding condition. And if we can let those two stories just sit next to each other, we can maybe, maybe hold space that both stories are crucial to that individual. So it's one thing to be Jesus and to say, look, the girl dying is more important than talking to the woman who's just been healed. And from Jesus' perspective, perhaps that's true. But on some level, Jesus was able to sit with how important this experience is to the woman in her life. And the weight of what has just happened to this woman who had bled, paying doctors, who only made it worse, only to be healed, that this moment was as important to her and maybe even more so than this girl who was dying. Now, the story works out where Jesus stops. He recognizes that some level of of power left him to go heal this woman. And so he stops to say what had happened. He wants to know. He's not sure what, what had occurred, but he only felt something. Who touched my robe, he asked. His disciples said, look at the crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? They have no clue what happened. They're simply saying, look, everybody's bumping into you, Jesus. But Jesus noticed something different happened. This isn't just people bumping into him. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. 
Now, Jesus stops here. Perhaps it's only 30 seconds. Perhaps it's only a minute. But for the father of this little girl who's dying, that 30 seconds had to seem like hell. Why are we stopping? She's already been healed. And yet Jesus recognizes, again, forget whether this 30 seconds makes the difference or not. In this story, it does not make the difference. Forget whether this 30 seconds makes the difference or not. Are we able to sit with two pressing stories that differ in priority in our minds? And yet to the individual, they may be just as important contrasted against each other to the person who's experiencing them. And just as Jesus finishes up talking to this woman who's been healed, messengers arrive from the home of Jairus. They tell him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Imagine being this dad. You did all you could to get help. You've sought this man who is said to be able to heal. You sought this man who is said to be able to make your daughter well. And now you've got him. He is intending to go to your home. And now you're told your daughter is dead. It was too late. You waited too long. You waited too long. Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Sit with that for a moment. Pretend for a moment you don't know how the story ends. Sit with that for a moment. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. This little girl was treasured. This leader was a good man. You can sense that from the story. He's a leader. He's respected. He's loved. His daughter has passed. Jesus goes inside and he asks, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. Then the crowd laughed at him. Of course, this isn't the same group of people who are crying and wailing. But various men in the crowd, undoubtedly, maybe a few women, hear this statement, and they laugh. Sometimes we laugh in order to cope with horrible experiences. When we are deeply uncomfortable, when things even seem like laughing should be the last thing we do, we humans laugh. It's one of our body's mechanisms for dealing with discomfort, for dealing with tension, for dealing with fracture. The crowd laughed, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying, holding her hand. He said to her, Little girl, get up. And the girl, who was twelve years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. One of the things I want you to sit with as we go through the scriptures is the Jesus of Mark. The Jesus that Mark puts across is a Jesus who does not want to be recognized, 
who does not want to be known for doing these miracles, who tells at every turn, tell no one, tell no one. I've performed this miracle in privacy, tell no one. I also want you to sit with the fact that while Jesus healed this little girl, that our human experience is full of death, death that we cannot reanimate, death that we cannot solve, death we cannot fix, death that we must sit with and bear. While the Jesus of the New Testament has and shows the ability to heal most often in our human experience, healing will occur in other ways or not at all. To be human is to learn to deal with death. There's a saying, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. But a wise man recently said that's not true. What doesn't kill us only makes us weaker. And both of those are true. Can you hold space for both? What challenges our body and mind often deteriorates our body and mind. And at the same time, when we overcome things, we learn something about ourselves. And hence, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And what doesn't kill us makes us weaker. This has been the Mythical Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. Visit us at ChristofFaith.org. Please consider making a recurring donation today. Help keep this podcast alive. Until next time, see you then. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing